Do you ever need to send money internationally? Well, I usually do. As an entrepreneur with businesses both in Aruba and Europe, the need for a convenient and inexpensive way to send money around the globe is a constant need in my life. Well, let me tell you about the new, smarter, and cheaper way to send money internationally, TransferWise. While there may be many other ways to get your money from A to B, those transfers will most likely cost you a lot more than they should. And it's the old way, but TransferWise uses clever new technology that gives you a great exchange rate at a low fee. The founders of TransferWise, Tavit and Christo, were just like you and me, frustrated by their bank's bad exchange rates and high fees from international transfers. They were wondering, what if we could bypass the banks all the way? So they built TransferWise. That was a whole seven years ago, and today more than two million people are using TransferWise. There are people sending money back home businesses paying their suppliers, freelancers getting paid. So you can add yourself to the list of people using TransferWise today. Put some money in your pocket for the more important things in life because no one ever said it's important that my bank gets some extra cash. Test it out for free right now at transferwise.com slash podcast or download the app. Once again, that's transferwise.com slash podcast. TransferWise, the wise way to send money. Hi, and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. I uh, sat down here uh, actually a little while ago to begin recording this week's podcast. And as usual, you know, we normally start this show with a deep breath to center. Uh, And then today I just kind of closed my eyes before I pressed record and I took a deep breath on my own. And it turned into another deep breath and another deep breath and another deep breath. And now I've been here for like 15 minutes (laughs) just sitting in silence. And uh, I I don't know if if anyone listening, if you've ever had that feeling of, and it's it's a rare feeling, at least it is for me uh, and the way my life looks or the way my life is right now is to find myself in one of those totally peaceful, quiet moments uh, and you don't want to leave it. You know, when, it, when there's just oh, sort of that, that Shavasana feeling, if you have a really good practice and it's followed by an amazing Shavasana and then your teacher starts guiding you out and it's time to, you know, kind of come back to the room and come back, bring some movement back into the body. And then you're like, no, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. I want to stay here forever. I just want to melt into the floor. You know, that feeling, um, that's the feeling I, I was sitting with just now. It's like, oh. I just want to stay here in absolute total silence, total peace. So uh, I had a I had a, a nice idea. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna start today with a guided meditation, <laughs> which is which is a beautiful thing. It's something that I had that I've had in the back of my mind for. Uh, I had it as sort of an emergency solution if I would ever be completely unable to record this week's podcast or any week's podcast that, okay, if, you know, I can't record for whatever reason, I could always do a guided meditation and it can be something that anyone can kind of come back to at any time. Um, you know, not just to listen to the podcast, but actually to ground back into our own bodies and to be here now. And then I just, I never did. I I thought that I would eventually arrive at a place where, oh my God, it's hard for me to find something new to share. (laughs) But I think because the, the theme of this podcast is from the heart, And every week I speak from the heart and every week my heart is in a different place. There's always something new to share, to dive into, to talk about, to to complain about, you might even say, or to vent about or to share or to process. So I haven't had that. um, I haven't, you know, stumbled across that yet. But since I'm sitting with this total feeling of of peace and calm and it's almost this like cool feeling at the bottom of my belly and 
I don't want to leave it. So yeah, wherever you are in this moment right now, um, see if you can find a place to sit down. And uh, just sitting, it's just, it's a good space to be, to ground ourselves and to make sure that we're quiet. Um, if you're unable to find a place to sit, sit, if you're out for a walk or you're, you know, standing on the subway or whatever is going on, um, just go ahead and stay standing. But if you can find a quiet place to sit, feel free. And then let's sit up nice and tall. I mean, for me, this really helps. I, um, I know a lot of, a lot of teachers will, will guide you into this very rigid, super long spine and, you know, keep it throughout the entire, the entire space or the entire session or however long you're meditating for. I love to begin with a really long spine. So grounding down through the sit bones and crown of the head rising to the sky. But then, you know, as you start getting deeper into the breath, don't become too hung up on the idea of that super straight spine, but feel free to allow the body to soften and just be the way you are. So allowing the crown of the head to rise toward the sky and just notice what that does, what that does for your, for your posture, for the rest of the body, for the heart. And as the crown keeps pulling you upward toward the heavens above, see if you can find a little bit of a groundedness, if you can deepen your grounding toward the earth. So if your feet are on the ground, plant your feet firmly on the floor. If you're sitting down and your sit bones are on the ground, really root down through the seat and see if you can feel this very, very intricate connection that you have here between your body and the earth. And we have this connection all the time and we very rarely bring our awareness to this place, but just take this moment to ground, root down and rise up. And eventually the more time we spend doing that, just focusing on the earth beneath our feet, the earth beneath our body are you here you know sitting or standing on the earth or is the earth holding you up find that merge between your place here on this earth and the earth's place here for you and then from this place we'll start to Bring a little more awareness into the breath. So just for now, the way your breath already is. So right here, right now. Without this idea that you have to change anything or shift anything or find this idea of, of you know, meditative breath or yogic breath. Just let the breath be what the breath already is. And you can keep the inhales and the exhales flowing through the nose. And just notice what has what has life brought you today whatever experience and emotion or mental state whatever you're sitting with right here right now is going to reflect perfectly in your breath so the way the natural state of your breath is right now it's a really good way for you to check in with what it feels like to be in your body in this moment so is your breath is it really really deep is it full maybe it's shallow is it soft? Is it long, short, tense, relaxed? Are you breathing in and out easier through one nostril than the other? Just take a few moments to just notice what's moving in and around the breath. And the beauty of this exercise is just bringing, you know, awareness to the breath. There's nothing complex, nothing difficult at all. But the moment you bring that attention to the breath and the way the breath already is, 
is little by little, that breath is going to calm down. Little by little, the breath is going to slow down. And you'll find that the more time you spend just bringing awareness to the breath, the deeper the breath will become. So maybe your next inhale, you can actually notice how that breath is being pulled all the way down toward the bottom of the belly. And you feel the low belly expanding, creating plenty of space for that breath in. Just let it fill you up. And then on the exhale, notice how that entire process happens in reverse. So the belly slightly contracts, which allows you to pull the breath all the way back out through the nose, merging with your surroundings once again. So sitting with that, and perhaps each cycle of breath can grow just a little bit deeper. Perhaps you keep it the way it already is. And the beauty of this, of this breath is it's also, of course, very, very connected to the feeling of being in the body. So noticing now what's happening with the rest of your systems. Is there anything in your body that you can soften right now? Is there any tension being held anywhere? Can you soften your jaw, maybe your, your forehead, your face, your fists? Can you drop your shoulders a little bit further away from the ears? Can you soften the belly, let it go? Noticing now if that straight spine, that long spine, it's okay to soften, it's okay to... Just get a slouch a little bit. It's fine. Just be here now. And eventually, the deeper this breath becomes and the more relaxed the body becomes because of this soft breath, this slow breath, this deep breath, this connected breath. With time and practice, it will also translate to the workings of the mind. And here... Here is where everything clicks. Here is where the magic starts to happen, where we can arrive at that place of, of just wanting to stay here in this. We can put any, any idea of things we have to do or places we should be going. We put all of that aside and we just stay here with the body, the breath, this moment, because we might be able to create just a little bit more space between each one of the thoughts that we have passing through our minds. The more we practice, the more we stay where we sit. So any worries, anything that you've been pondering for a long time, know that all of that is okay. We don't practice meditation to suddenly change our entire lives for all of our thoughts and all of our judgments and all of our worries to just fade away, but simply to gain a little bit of perspective. And when we live from the workings of the mind, everything is urgent. Everything is dramatic. There's an urgency to everything and everything is either good or bad. And there's this feeling that we always have to change or fix or alter something all the time. But when we live from this place, from this place of body, from this place of here now, you know, all those problems, they'll stay the same. They'll still be there. But the urgency goes away. And that urge to constantly react to everything that happens, it also sort of fades a little bit. And we have more space to stay with the here and now, especially when shit hits the fan and when things get really crazy or difficult. And we don't have to dive into that drama of reacting or reflecting or deflecting. 
we can take a moment just to maybe fill up the body with breath once more. And then as we release it, we have a little bit more space to just be here before we take action. And perhaps that action can be more centered around the heart from someplace true. So as you continue to focus on your breath in and on your breath out, continue grounding down through the earth and continue rising up toward the sky and find yourself dwelling in this beautiful place in between, an earthly being that's also divine. And ask yourself this, where is my urgency right now? Where has all my attention been the past couple of days? What have I been pondering? What's, what am I looking to solve, to fix, maybe even escape? And is there a way for me to stay in all of that so without having to actually change something or come up with any grand solutions, but simply invite another dimension of presence? And maybe it's as simple as just closing our eyes and focusing on the breath in and the breath out. Maybe that's it. Is there a way for me to be here now with all of this and still feel okay? And as you listen to those words, just notice the beating of your own heart. Maybe you can even hear now the, the sound of your own breath, the sound of the heart, the sounds coming from within the body. And making space for that within the silence. And then allowing your next breath in to grow just a little bit deeper. And through the nose, gently also deepening the breath out. And we'll take a releasing breath, inviting some energy. So fullest inhale you could possibly find. Inhale, filling all the way up toward the very top of the lungs. And open the mouth and let it go. Let it all go. And then bringing your attention here now. You can bring your breath back through the nose. Maybe you move your shoulders, shimmy around a little bit. Nod your head side to side and flutter your eyes open. Hi. This is my favorite, my favorite thing. <laughs> there are so many things that are my, my, my favorite things for me, me personally, things I love to do, things I enjoy experiencing. But when I am able to find myself in a place of just silence, and I think maybe because for me, it's, it's a rare thing. I, 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 I know that it's easier for some people to arrive into this place of calm. For me, it is more challenging, which is also why and how I found myself in this business of yoga. It's why I became a yoga teacher. It's why I was drawn to yoga in the first place, because it gave me this absolutely amazing relief from this monkey mind that I have that just 
never really shuts up. <laughs> so when I find myself in a state, because usually for me, it's more of a state. Um, like I'll get into a really beautiful flow where I'm able to connect to that place of presence. And then I just, I just don't want to do anything else. <laughs> And that's when I kind of like, like I'll, I'll start teaching twice as much as usual and, you know, I'll practice twice a day and I'll just do, you know, read different books and listen to different podcasts and have different types of conversations and connect with different people. And I'll just sort of like, it's like that calm inside of me does everything it can to connect with other avenues of calm so that I can invite more of it in my life or so that I can prolong that, um, that experience for, for just as long as possible. And then, of course, because this is life, life is cyclical, cyclical, <laughs> okay, remember, I'm not stupid, I'm just Swedish, um, life moves in cycles, can I say that? Um, so yeah, so I think that's what's beautiful and also challenging about being a human being is when we find something that we absolutely love or that we crave or, you know, that we feel at peace with, we want it to be that way always and forever. And it's that idea that uh, that what is should be always, you know, it kind of trips us up a lot of the time. It really, really, really does. Uh, if we had an easier time just moving with the flow and, and when something comes, inviting it in and being grateful for it and allowing it to just stay and enjoying it in the moment. And then when it leaves, letting it go, letting it be, releasing it freely, fully, all the way. And then sort of, you know, waiting for the next experience to come and, and staying curious for what, what's coming after that instead at least that's how I work <laughs> uh, when something goes specifically this feeling of peace and I think they're very tied you know this um, this clinging sensation or this clinging that I at least can move into of like oh I have something great I have to keep it you know and I kind of there's a tension that suddenly arises from that wanting to to keep it forever um, and maybe that's kind of the, the first step to it actually leaving again. I don't know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that those things are, are tied. But then it becomes a little bit of a struggle, right? So um, for me, I mean, I've, I've recognized this now, oh my God, so much. Um, these past, I had seven months in Aruba of, you know, I mean, it was, it was a lot of up and down and I've been, I was working through a lot of stuff, but in a really beautifully calm way because I was home. So I felt super, super grounded. And I think because I felt so grounded, I was able to work through some really important emotional stuff. Like I was looking back at the past, yeah, the past half year. And um, for instance, that this huge, I've spoken about this in the podcast a lot, but this big fear that I had, and I say that I had, is because that urgency of that fear, it's totally disappeared. Um, I had this big fear that something was going to happen to my baby, this fear of death that I first was very, very, very scared to even put into words, to even talk about. And then I started sharing it. And when I started sharing it, it came with a lot of emotion. And I brought a lot of things up and a lot of old things and triggered some childhood stuff for me and old traumas and oh, a lot of things came up. It was sort of like I opened Pandora's box in terms of this this fear, right? Because it was really holding me back. It was inhibiting my ability to just be really present and calm uh, as a mother, because I was so scared all the time, something was going to happen and it was triggering issues in my relationship. You know, all these things came along with this big fear as most big fears do for all of us. And then I started unraveling that and it came with this whole kind of box of shit that I had to sit with and deal with. But then through this, you know, the magic that is stepping onto the journey of healing, it came along with a lot of healers, right? So avenues for me to make my way into that peace, 
So it came along with a, yeah, beautiful astrologer. I mean, I, I met Deborah, who I've had on the show, who's just, you know, I talk to her almost every day, <laughs> who's helped me tremendously, tremendously. Uh, came along with Laura, you know, my, my, my teacher and friend, Laura, who's helped me so much with my body but also other types of healing, you know, people that have come into my life for, for one day and, and shown me something. And uh, I've, I've had a reintroduction to Ram Das, uh, you know, an, an old, old teacher of mine, one of my first, oh, like big, big loves when it came to, you know, devouring spirituality. Ram Das was one of the firsts for me when I was, I mean, I was 18. Um, when I, when I was first introduced to him and then I've kind of faded out of it. And then I received a book, I think a few years later you know, by a student, but then, you know, all of this kind of triggered this awakening of love for Ram Das. And now, you know, I, I'm, I, I'm listening to his talks every day. So it came along with all of this magic. And now, I mean, I can, I can really say, uh, that urgency of that fear that was really inhibiting my life, it's gone, right? It is possible to, to step onto this journey of healing and it's going to be hard and it's going to trigger old stuff, but there is a way out. And I can feel like I've closed the loop there. Um, I, I totally, totally genuinely have, I don't have those, uh, those horror thoughts anymore. I don't have those nightmares anymore and I don't feel tense, uh, around this anymore. Of course there's that, you know, regular old motherly, like that, that fear that everybody has that, okay, you always think about your kids and, uh, that little thing in the back of your mind of, you know, what if something would happen, but it's not paralyzing anymore. And I'm so grateful for that because it was a really important really important piece of the puzzle that I had to, that I had to really connect. And I was thinking about this now because having all of those months in one place, having that time to really ground and just be with my family, with my baby and just be home, uh, it really created the space for me to move through that. I wouldn't have been able to do that if I was on the road and traveling and going from place to place or feeling uprooted. I had to really feel my feet on the ground. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Dennis, the baby, and I have been spending the past few weeks in a little apartment in Stockholm. When I'm traveling, it takes my soul a little bit longer to catch up with my body in the here and now. But having a beautifully designed living space makes everything so much easier. If you feel the same way I do, you can design the living space your soul is craving with Havenly. Havenly makes it as easy as one, two, three to design that perfect space. They've already completed tens of thousands of beautiful designs within any budget, large or small. Starting at just $79 per room, you can do it too. The first step is to take the free style quiz that pairs you with a designer that vibes with your unique style. And since Havenly has over 100 real professional interior designers on their team, your match is already waiting for you. Next, share your floor plan and room dimensions with your designer by filling out your room profile. They will quickly come back to you with an initial set of ideas to design the living space of your dreams. It's as easy as that. Havenly does all the work for you. Incorporate nostalgic pieces that you already own and love or buy new items directly through Havenly's platform with access to hundreds of retailers and guaranteed best prices for my listeners in the US. Your ordering concierge will purchase all of your pieces and keep a close eye on your orders to ensure everything gets to you with no hassle. Your happiness is 100% guaranteed because everyone deserves a beautiful living space. Turn your Pinterest board into reality. Try Havenly today by visiting havenly.com slash yoga girl and get 25% off your design package. That's H-A-V-E-N-L-Y dot com slash yoga girl for 25% off of your design package. Havenly.com slash yoga girl. So I think when we, when we started traveling, I was so, so, so rooted. <laughs> I keep kind of 
um, envisioning this 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 little seedling or like this little plant or a flower and with the roots just kind of pulled out of the earth because that's how I felt when we started traveling. I really, really felt that way. And I was expecting it a little bit too. Oh, as soon as we get going, you know, I'll, I'll ground somewhere else and I'll feel more calm and everything will be easy. But that, you know, feeling of peace, it never came. And there again, you know, is that clinging to peace or that like, oh, because I could kind of feel like the peace and the grounding. It's kind of slipping through my fingers and I've been so, you know, attached to it because it's giving me so much over the past few months. And instead of going with the flow and kind of, okay, well, that was there and now I'm here. Let's immerse in this different type of energy of, of traveling and exploring and adventuring and, you know, go, go, go. I just, I really, I really had a hard time. I just, I couldn't do it. I was, you know, looking back for like the peace that I left at home and, and like, oh, like, how can I bring it back and attaching to this, to this other energy that just wasn't present anymore. And I think that's, that's a big piece. I mean, it's a big piece for me, but I think for a lot of us, this clinging to um, the way we think things, that the way we think things should remain, that things, you know, when we have something good that comes into our lives, it should be that way all the time. But life is this ebb and flow, right? It's this super high and super low, and then there's peace, and then there's chaos. And, and sometimes I'm a little blown away by the fact that I'm going to be 30 this year, and still I have, you know, so many lessons <laughs> coming my way every damn day. It's just, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing, really. But there's some lessons I just I have to learn and relearn again and again and again. And all of this has sort of culminated for me <laughs> over this past past weekend in uh, in a really amazing way, <laughs> like in an in an absolutely, I mean, truly, uh, in a, in a truly amazing way. And here's sort of how, how how things got started for me. And I'm gonna I'm gonna share a little bit. I got so many questions about the dynamic meditation, and I know I've spoken about this before, but just sort of in passing and. Uh, we do them in our teacher trainings and, and you know, I, I haven't had a single episode dedicated to the dynamic meditation, but I really wanted to to talk a little bit more about it because it has been such a transformational tool for me. Um, and, you know, you don't have to do exactly the same thing that I do, but there's a component to that that at least in my book is just the single most important thing for emotional, mental and, and spiritual health. So the dynamic meditation um, and, and I love talking about this now because the dynamic meditation, it's a meditation created by Osho uh, or, or Bhagwan. And there's a, a Netflix documentary or one of those, you know, series kind of Netflix, Netflix uh, series uh, out right now called Wild Wild Country uh, that's centered around Osho. So there's this kind of wave of attention going toward him and toward uh, the sannyasins and toward, you know, this kind of following that he had and his principles and teachings and also a lot of the drama and the crazy stuff that came attached to to him. Um, so specifically now, because normally, and this is so interesting, when I'm in Europe, I can talk about Osho left and right. Uh, everybody, you know, people love him here. Really, he's super revered. Uh, he's very known. I mean, I feel like he, he's not like an obscure guru or anything like that. He's very known. There's tons of Osho centers here, really everywhere, everywhere. Uh, and it doesn't really come attached with any sort of negative connection at all. But you go to the States and you talk about Osho there. There's this, for anybody who knows him, and it's before this documentary on Netflix specifically, they would kind of respond as like, like Osho, like the crazy cult leader. <laughs> 
and uh, it's made me a little bit wary to to really get into to get into some of these meditations that I that I practice because they come along with this whole you know a lot of questions and, and maybe some drama and and I haven't felt like you know I'm not the right person to answer that but I can share my own viewpoints and uh, and specifically what for me has been really valuable when it comes to his teachings. So if you've never heard of him and you have no idea who this is, what I'm talking about, you can easily do a little like Google or Wikipedia or whatever. Um, but Osho, he's an, an Indian um, mystic or spiritual leader or guru or, you know, whatever you want to want to call it. Uh, he has a ton, tons and tons of books out uh, that, that you can read. Uh, he was born in the 1930s and was sort of big in India. And then I think in the 80s, sometime, I don't know exactly what year, decided to kind of bring his movement to the U.S., uh, started an ashram in Oregon uh, that just went where things went totally ballistic and a little bit crazy. Uh, ended up returning to India where he where he later died. But it was this specific ashram in Oregon that came attached with a lot of crazy stuff. And I've heard this through the years so much. I mean, anybody who's kind of into his teachings or uh, does these types of groups or meditations, you know, everyone is is well aware aware of this stuff. And you know, you have to kind of take the good with the bad a little bit and and read through the lines, I think, some. Because if you don't have any attachment to the stories behind it or like Osho the Man and you would just read a book, you're going to have your heart blown wide open. And this is for me just, just the most beautiful part. Like pick up any book, like literally go to a bookstore, go to a new agey bookstore section or, you know, spiritual section or whatever and find any one of his books and just pick one up that resonates with you and you are going to have a beautiful experience. Like you're going to have your heart and your mind blown so open. His teachings are absolutely beautiful and they're so centered around the individual, right? So what's very controversial about his teachings is that he's against or was against any type of institution, which is super radical for, for our society. You know, any institution meaning religion as a whole, meaning government, but also meaning the institution of family, which is, you know, a very, very hard pill to swallow for most of us. But his idea is that we are born into this world as perfect, beautiful, unique, you know, independent beings. And it's that we're kind of um, enslaved almost by society and we're shaped by society and we're told by society how we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to act, who we're supposed to be, what we are allowed to feel and when, and that we become sort of drilled into this, um, into this life that we don't really, you know, at our core fully resonate with. So this meditation that I practice a lot, it's called the dynamic meditation. It's the, the kind of the core idea is that we move through so many different types of emotions in just one single day of being human, right? Just one single day. Think about from the moment you wake up in the morning to the moment you go to bed, all the whole range of emotions that you move through. Maybe you wake up and, you know, you're tired and you miss the bus and you're frustrated and then you get to work and then you're stressed and then you get a phone call from a friend and you're happy and then you get good news and you're, you know, ecstatic and then, you know, you hear someone said something bad about you and then you're angry and then like, you know, like just we're very complex, <laughs> as human beings and the ranges of emotions that we go through in a day it's just so vast and so intricate and so deep and some of these emotions might be you know kind of lukewarm and medium and you know we, we move through them very quickly but then other things come our way like we feel angry like anger is a very high energy emotion like it's a very intense emotion and nowhere and I've really been thinking about this a lot especially since having the baby we're not really taught 
any sort of constructive way to express anger when anger arises, right? I mean, if you really think about that, how do we normally express anger? Anger is like this shameful emotion that we're not supposed to feel because the only way that we know, uh, the only way we're taught that anger is released is toward another person, right? So normally we release anger and we're yelling at someone, we become passive aggressive with someone, anger might kind of you know, it manifests usually after a fight or after trouble or drama. And we kind of, you know, everything that's going on inside of us, we want to take that out on the other person. And sometimes it can, you know, go really far as to like anger is, you know, shows up as violence, maybe even, you know, um, which eventually, of course, becomes all sorts of things and manifests all sorts of issues that we have in this world. And when we don't have an outlet for the anger, uh, it starts seeping out through us without maybe even knowing like do, do you have anyone in your life who's like who has a road rage for instance <laughs> like a real road rage I mean that's so 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 common like you can be in a car and everything is fine listening to music and then you know someone cuts you off and like oh my god fucking idiot <laughs> like I have a friend who's like that who's just like the calmest person but then we're in a car and she just like oh my god she just yells at people and it's just like she gets transformed into this other person so this frustration that we feel, and of course, the real anger in that moment, like you get cut off in traffic, you're not really that angry at whoever that completely strange person was who who just kind of tr moved their car from their lane into your lane in front of you. Like, that's not the end of the world. Of course, the anger sits there because we're angry and it stems from something, but it's something deeply personal to you. But we don't have this outlet for it. And I've been contemplating this so much because... When Leia Luna gets angry, and this is so amazing to watch because she's just now at the age where she's starting to get angry. Like, you know, where, where anger is, like I can really differentiate her emotions in different ways because before she was just a baby, she would cry and it was hard for me to know. Like, is this cry because is she sad? Is she angry? Is she frustrated? Is she hungry? Did she poop? You know, it's like everything is just a cry. But now, like I'll take something away from her or She's playing with something she's not allowed to play with. Like, I don't know, she grabbed a glass from the table the other day and she wants to play with a glass. Of course, you can't play with a glass because it could break and whatever. So I took the glass away and I try to calmly say, you know, like we can play with a glass. The glass can break. And if it breaks, we can hurt ourselves. And her face, you know, her entire face just kind of, she looks at me with this fire, like fire in her eyes because she wants to play with a glass. And her face becomes red and she scrunches up her face and then she stomps her little feet in the ground. <laughs> the cutest thing she stomps her feet on the ground and she's like oh and she makes fists with her hands and then she yells and she throws like a little mini tantrum she just her whole body is involved like so she stomps her feet makes fists she starts jumping up and down and she you know and she screams she's like ah and there's this total absolute release of that anger like anger comes and then in a second it's gone like it's gone immediately it doesn't last you know it's not like Two hours later, she comes back my way and she's like, remember that glass that you took from me two hours ago? I'm really fucking pissed about that. Let's let's fight about it. <laughs> you know? No. She's a baby. This is all she knows. It's totally a primal human thing. Like anger comes and she has a really constructive way to release it. And then it's gone. And when it's gone, it doesn't come back. Right? It doesn't. Or I mean, it comes back, but that's in a new situation where like there's new emotion arising. But it doesn't linger in her body and sit there and then becomes transmuted into something else. And for adults, you know, I don't know when exactly the line is in terms of growing up. 
but I, I mean, I'm going to experience it myself, I'm, I'm sure. But there comes that, that moment in life where it's like, okay, well, we're supposed to grow up now. Like, you know, kids throw tantrums. That's what children do. Kids cry, kids scream. You know, it's very accepted that that's just what it is. And I mean, and then we can talk about the level of acceptance in different social situations and all of that. But there is that moment in life where we're taught like, okay, don't cry, right? Don't cry. Don't scream. Don't throw a tantrum. Behave. And this is like a key word in, 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 in raising any child, I feel. Behave. We have to behave. And we have to adapt to these social structures of of what's appropriate and what isn't appropriate in, in life. And here is, you know, kind of, and Osha speaks about this so much and so beautifully, but here's where things, you know, get really tricky because just because we grow up and we're supposed to fit into the structure of society, which means, yeah, maybe it's not socially acceptable to throw a massive tantrum, like at a gas station or, you know, in the middle of the street or at a business meeting or whatever. Like, you know, we just, it's, we just don't do that. People would think that we're absolutely insane if, if, if we started screaming, you know, over something little, just in the middle of a social situation. So we teach kids or society teaches kids to start swallowing these emotions instead, like suck it up, stop crying, stop crying, and specifically stop crying. That was something that I personally heard from a really young age from my dad actually growing up. And I know now, I mean, now I'm an adult, I'm an adult. I've been, uh, we've been, we've talked about this so many times because it was something that really shaped me in a really weird way, but specifically tears for him because he grew up in a, in a family race in a way where it was totally shameful to cry. It was, you know, you weren't allowed to cry if you were a boy because then you weren't man. You weren't a man. It's not a manly thing to cry. Uh, but crying specifically was a very shameful thing. Uh, and he just wasn't raised in a way where he had space to deal with his emotions. So when he had kids, you know, when he had me, whenever I would cry, he would immediately tell me, stop crying, stop crying, stop crying, stop crying. Uh, and I remember once, like I was like eight or nine and something happened and I was crying and I, and I said, I said, I don't want to stop crying. I want to cry because I was sad, right? I wanted to cry. And he told me, stop crying. You only cry if you did something wrong. Only people who have done something wrong cry. So did you do something wrong now? Is this your fault? Like it was something like that. And then I kind of had to stop crying. And I was like, what? And I internalized it instead. So for a long time, Anytime I had the urge to cry, I was like, and I would kind of suck it up and like, okay, wait, it's wrong to cry. It's shameful to cry. You only cry if you've done something wrong. And I stopped crying. So I didn't cry for years. Like really, like I had a, like I had a big issue and this, you know, issue of not feeling that I, I had space to release my emotion. Like I had a safe space to just feel sad or, or whatever. It became a, a huge issue for me. And I started holding everything inside instead. And of course, this is a challenging thing because now I'm raising a baby of my own. I want her to act all these emotions out. So how can we do that in a healthy way and give her permission to do that in a healthy way for her whole life, like for as long as she lives? And how can we as adults find constructive ways to release emotion without hurting anybody else? And this for me is like, it's it's the core of, it's kind of, it's the core of everything I teach <laughs> as a yoga teacher, uh, it's definitely a core of, of all of our teacher trainings because I believe this is something that's going to change the world. I believe it's something that truly, truly, truly can change how we walk through life. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Maintaining a healthy diet is not always easy. 
I'm constantly on the go throughout busy work days to the moment I put my baby girl to sleep at night. So I don't always have time to make food shopping and prepping and planning a priority. But nourishing my body with delicious, wholesome meals is one of the most important aspects of my self-care practice. And I'm sure you agree as well. Luckily for us, there is a way to keep the healthy but cut the work and we can do it with Sunbasket. Sunbasket delivers delicious meal prep kits with organic produce and clean, sustainable ingredients right to your door, so you can completely skip the grocery store madness. All of the ingredients are pre-measured, and the step-by-step instructions provided make complicated food prepping a distant memory. Your healthy and delicious meal is on the table in 30 minutes. No experience in the kitchen required. And now there are more options than ever. Go to the Sunbasket app and pick from 18 weekly recipes. Whatever your dietary needs are, Sunbasket is there for you with paleo, gluten-free, vegan, and other meal options. Sunbasket works with the best farms and suppliers to bring you fresh, crisp produce. Each order is created by award-winning chefs and approved by nutritionists. See how healthy it is to make mindful eating a priority and get healthy, clean meals on your table with Sunbasket. There is something for every health journey and every busy lifestyle. Go to sunbasket.com yoga today to learn more and to get $35 off of your first order. That's sunbasket.com yoga for $35 off. sunbasket.com yoga. Osho dynamic meditation is a really good tool. There's so many ways you can do this. Oh my God, there's so many ways to release emotion, so many ways. But the dynamic meditation is a structured way that this can be done. And for me, it's been super helpful. So I want to I wanna share a little bit uh, about how it works and, and what it is. And if you're interested and you feel like, oh my God, this is something that really resonates with me, it sounds interesting, yeah, then go try it. If you think it sounds totally insane and out of this world crazy because Yes, in a way, it absolutely is. Uh, you know, try something else. Like, really, really. Um, so the dynamic meditation, it's a one-hour meditation, and it's practiced best in a group um, and best in a in kind of a, a regulated setting. So it's not it's it's really hard to do on your own because it we need the energy of other people, at least in the beginning. When you've practiced it for a long time and you're kind of a, a more seasoned you know, practitioner, you can do it on your own. I've done it alone on my own a few times, but it's easier to keep the energy going if you're in a group. So there's Osho centers all over the world. Um, we do them at the studio in Aruba. I mean, there's like here in Stockholm, there's a bunch of places you can do them as well. Uh, some yoga studios teach to lead them. Some meditation places lead them. You just have to kind of Google your way in and, and find good spots. But the meditation, it's, it's a one hour meditation and it's with music and it's in five different stages. And the stages are characterized by different tones of music or different types of music. So you know when one stage begins and the other one ends. And the first stage of the meditation is chaotic breathing. So uh, since many of, of, of us listening here are yogis and into yoga, it's fairly similar, uh, this breath work, this pranayama, it's, it's fairly similar to the Kapalabhati breath, uh, breath of fire. Uh, I'm sure you know breath of fire. It's this forceful exhale through the nose. Um Except the difference here with the dynamic meditation is that it's completely chaotic and unstructured. Uh, so what Osho teaches is that anytime we get into this structure and this pattern, that's when the mind starts creeping back in, right? But so we want to keep everything slightly disorganized, slightly chaotic, so that we can stay in the movement of the moment and with the energy of the moment the whole time. So you stand up, uh, sometimes these meditations happen and, and everyone is blindfolded and that's just to make sure that you stay with all of your attention and all of your energy inward toward you, right? So that you're not, you know, looking around the room or looking at someone else or so that you're not getting distracted, basically. We, I always lead them with, with blindfolds because it's so much easier to stay focused. But so 
you don't focus on the inhale at all. It's just a forceful exhale out through the nose and you continue exhaling out through the nose. So it will sound a little something like this. <laughs> um, but you're standing up and you kind of involve your entire body. So you can envision a bellow, like you're, you know, blowing air onto a fire. It's like you use your entire body to, to mimic this motion and to mimic this energy to just release breath out through the nose chaotically without structure. And this first, um, first part of the meditation lasts for 10 minutes. So it's a fairly long time. And what it does is it energizes the body. Like it brings all the energy into your system and it oxygenates your entire being, like all the tissue, all the cells, all the muscles, every part of your physical and energetic being is going to be completely filled up with energy after this. It's like you're filling yourself up, preparing for the second phase. And then the music shifts after 10 minutes and the second phase is catharsis. So it's the acting out phase, the releasing of emotion phase, my favorite phase. <laughs> and it just means that because you've built all this energy up in your body through this breath work, whatever is there, you act it out. Whatever is there, you act it out. It's that simple. And you act it out all the way, literally all in, all the way, completely with your entire being without thinking about, you know, if anyone is watching, if this is polite, if it's normal, if you're being too loud or too quiet or, you know, whatever, just, just you acting out is sort of channeling that inner one-year-old, like channeling that inner one-year-old throwing a tantrum. You know, Lea Luna is not thinking like, who's looking at me when I'm yelling right now? Is this appropriate or not? Are they going to think lesser of me if I do this? No, she just acts out the emotion and then it's done. So, what this translates to, because most of the emotions that we walk around with, that we carry throughout a day, it involves a lot of anger, a lot, a lot, a lot of anger, because we don't have this constructive way to release anger in our day-to-day -day life. It's really hard to find. So yes, there's a lot of yelling involved in this part of the meditation. There's a lot of screaming, a lot of acting out. Um, usually we'll bring in like bolsters and pillows and stuff. So you can kind of take a bolster and bang it in the floor, bang it in the wall, or you punch your fist into the pillow. And, you know, there's screaming like all the way, all out, all the way. If you feel sad, you cry. That's it. Like maybe you want to roll up into a ball and just cry for 10 minutes. If you want to scream for 10 minutes, you do that. Maybe you feel super joyful. Then, you know, you dance, you sing, you laugh, you, you whatever, you spin, you, you skip, you jump up and down, you do whatever comes, like whatever is there, you act it out. And the key to this phase is because acting emotion out, it's super draining. Like it's really, it takes a lot of energy out of you. So if you arrive at that phase and you don't feel anything, because sometimes we're blocked, right? Sometimes we arrive at that place and it's like, I don't know, what the hell am I doing here? This is insane. Like there's people around me because it's kind of like a zoo, right? There's people around you acting out all sorts of different emotions. It's from the outside. If someone would just kind of step into this room, yeah, it would sort of look like a mental institution, maybe. But in fact, it's the healthiest fucking thing in the world. Um, so if you don't feel anything or you have a hard time connecting, because some of us, I mean, if we've suppressed these emotions for an entire lifetime, like I had a really hard time uh, accessing anger, for instance, when I started doing these type, this type of work, uh, then we can fake it, right? So you can like stomp your feet, you know, play the Lea Luna, like jump up and down, punch the pillow, scream, even though you don't, you know, and then even though maybe you don't feel it all the way. And what's beautiful there is like you start faking an emotion, you start acting something out and all of a sudden there is a wave of that and you don't even know where it came from and it just hits you and then you're in it and you're feeling it and you're releasing and it's so, 
so, so, so amazing. It's so amazing. Um, and that lasts for 10 minutes. And then the next phase, it's called the who phase. <laughs> and uh, it's jumping up and down on the flat of your feet, you know, kind of landing on your heels with your hands stretched up in the air. And when you land on your feet, you say who. It's a Sufi mantra and you say who. So it's channeling your root chakra. You're grounding into the earth. Uh, and this is a long phase. I mean, it lasts for 15 minutes. So uh, it's it's maybe, I mean, p- people tell me this all the time when I introduce this to someone new, like maybe the hardest thing you've ever done. <laughs> and, you know, and you can be a super athlete, like you can be an Ironman, Ultraman, whatever. You are going to have a really hard time with this phase because it is about exhausting the body. And uh, another one of Osho's key principles is that the Western mind is so totally crazy because of all of this suppressed emotion, right? Um, And, you know, we're not made for meditation. Just telling a a Western person, sit down, close your eyes, you know, find Sukhasana and meditate, you know, shut your mind off. It doesn't work because we have too much crazy on the inside. So we have to let the crazy out. We let the crazy out enough. We fully exhaust ourselves. Like we really, really let the body completely take over then we have space for silence, like then silence can arise. So after this phase, I mean, this third phase, all of a sudden, uh, Osho yells, stop. And then wherever you are, whatever shape you're in, you know, your hands are up in the air, you're sweating, you just stop as you are and you hold your physical position exactly the way it is and stillness is there. And this phase is all about kind of internalizing this energy. So you don't leak any energy. You're not panting. You know, if there's a scratch, you let it be there. Uh, you know, sweat is running down your face. You let it be there. Just let everything stay the way it is. And internalize all this energy, like this energy that you've created, this amazing, amazing. I mean, it's super powerful. And it's just silence. And for me personally, some of my most immense, like true, true, true moments of just like, like downloads where I felt so anchored in the moment where I really felt like, okay, my, my mind is just, <laughs> it's just quiet. Uh, it's always in the silent face in a, in a dynamic meditation. I mean, it's, it's always, always. And yeah, it's a lot of work to get there. But once you start practicing this, it all makes sense. Like we need that release for this silence to arrive. And then after this 15 minutes of silence, and then at the end of that, there's really beautiful music and there's a rejoicing and you just dance and it's just kind of, intuitive intuitive dance movement expressing yourself and you celebrate the day and that's the meditation right (laughs) um and i don't know like for me because i've done so much of this this is totally normal like i don't see anything strange about this at all and i i do introduce a lot of new people to it and there's always that first time when people are like you know just kind of uh, you know a looking at me like wait what are we doing and afterwards here's where kind of the magic happens after this after having and it's just one hour of the day and usually it's practiced really early in the morning for me I mean for me it changes my it can change a whole week it can change a whole month like it changes absolutely everything because all the things that I've been walking around with carrying like heavy thoughts weights worries about stuff and most of most of the time you know frustration or anger over stuff uh, like the dynamic is, is where I let all of that out so anything that I'd had on my mind like oh my god I really have to have a conversation with that person because that shit is not working or you know I have like a little list of things that I feel like I need to fix or address or where I'm annoyed with people because they've bothered me or all that stuff after dynamic like I've forgotten all of it 
like it's all it's it's it, i mean it's still it's still there because it's it's a situation that's playing out but it's not relevant anymore i don't have to do anything i don't have to address anything i don't have to be angry with anyone i don't have to have a talk like it's just you know those feelings were my feelings so this idea that i have to have a talk with that person so that i can resolve this anger so that i can resolve this annoyance that i have with them it's my annoyance it's my anger i can resolve it with myself i don't need anybody else on the other end for that but the less space we have to release and to express this sort of stuff, the more the mind takes over. And the mind will tell us like, oh my God, all these other people are fucked up. <laughs> that person did that to me. I can't believe that person said this. I can't believe that person did that. I am better than everyone. I have to do this and this and that. I have to tell them what is what. You know, like the more that we live from the mind, the more the mind will tell us that, oh my God, everything is a problem to be solved and we, I'm the one to solve it. And none of that is really true. So for this weekend, you know, after having these past couple of weeks, like they have been really challenging for me and I haven't done a single dynamic and we've been on the road, right? So it's been, it's been a different space and hotels and I've had this feeling of not being grounded and I've, you know, I've shared all of this in previous podcasts and then it was Friday. This was so interesting because it's kind of culminated now and I've had some stuff going on with Dennis, which is not normal for us, like real stuff, like real stuff and, and issues and uh, and that's not, you know, normal for us. And Friday, uh, I met a friend, uh, a, a really good friend, who was going through a breakup and he's having a really hard time. And then we were kind of out, we were having a beer. And I'm like, you know what? Like, you needed a, a dynamic meditation. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I can sense it. Like, you need a dynamic meditation. Like, you know, do you want to go? And I kind of, I didn't explain anything. I'm like, it's like, it's just a meditation that allows you to release emotion. Because he was feeling really angry, but wasn't able to articulate it. Uh, and he's like, fuck yes. Like, I'm in. I don't know what it is, but I'm in. Let's go. And then, I, you know, the whole weekend I was like, oh, I can't believe I committed to doing a dynamic again. Because there's something about the mind in the beginning that the mind doesn't want you to do a dynamic meditation. For the mind, it's like the worst thing. It's so, it's so hard because it's a really hard meditation. It's really heavy. It's really intense. It's overwhelming. And all weekend I was like, oh, I have to do this meditation I can't believe I put myself in these situations. Like I committed to doing it with this friend and all of this. So I had it in the back of my head, like, oh, I don't want to go because I always feel that way before I go. I don't want to go. <laughs> and always the same thing every time. And then the day after that I had committed to this, like Saturday morning, Dennis and I had a huge fight, our biggest fight, like in a very long time, big fight. And the baby was present uh, when we fought, which has never happened before. So I was just completely, oh my God completely broken up and distraught about a lot of things immediately following that I started throwing up and threw up for 36 hours <laughs> isn't that interesting how that works and I, I mean I, yeah I fully believe like I, I think I had food poisoning because no one else got sick at all but it was very 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 triggered by this heavy emotional stuff like this for me fighting in front of the baby it's tied to a lot of oh things I said I would never in a million years do as a parent. I grew up with two parents that hated each other and fought all the time. I'm never going to do that. You know, and then here we go. Life happens. Me and Dennis had a fight. The baby was there. You know, it was a big, big, big thing for me. And yeah, I had a really physical reaction to that. Threw up for 36 hours. And then, you know, suddenly it's Tuesday morning and like I wake up and I have to set my alarm to 530 because I have this meditation I have to do and all. And I get on the bike to bike to dynamic and on the bicycle I can kind of feel like it's like my my little heart my little my poor little heart in my chest it's like fluttering and my whole body goes oh my god it's coming like oh my god it's coming it's coming sort of the feeling like if you've had a hard day and you're on your way to yoga class that feeling like you just want to roll your mat out you just want to 
drop into child's pose. You, it's like you crave it so much. That feeling, but like times 1,000. And I realized like on the bike, I'm like, God damn it. Like my body is the smartest, smartest, smartest thing in the whole world. I need this meditation so bad, so bad. You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Living on the tiny desert island of Aruba, it can be challenging to get all the foods I normally have access to in bigger cities. I want to make sure I get all the nutrients that my body needs, and that's why I added a daily multivitamin to my morning routine. Finding a trustworthy vitamin brand can be challenging, and that's why for their simplicity, traceability, and effectiveness, I have made Ritual my daily ritual. Ritual is a vitamin brand that includes the nine essential nutrients that women lack the most, including iron, folate, and omega-3. There are no unnecessary added ingredients like synthetic fillers or colorants. On top of that, it's sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, allergen-free, and most importantly for me, vegan. Ritual's super awesome design uses an innovative beadlet in oil formulation. This keeps dry ingredients separate from oils within the capsule, so you only have to take one single pill. You can trust that only the best sourced ingredients will be used and you'll be kept in the loop about all of them. On Ritual's website, you can find detailed information about each and every ingredient, the manufacturer, the dosage, form, where it's sourced, and why each ingredient is beneficial. Ritual knows that true transparency isn't just something printed on a label. To make sure there are no gaps in your nutrient levels, Ritual is subscription-based. For only $30 per month, Ritual is delivered right to your door. Just buying the Omega-3 yourself is the cost of one bottle. If you forget a few days, no problem. You can snooze your order until you catch up or easily cancel at any time. Your happiness is guaranteed with no questions asked. Forget everything you thought you knew about vitamins. Ritual is the brand that's reinventing the experience with nine essential nutrients women lack the most. If you're ready to invest in your health, do what I did and go to ritual.com slash yoga girl. Your future self will thank you for taking Ritual. Consider it your lifelong health 401k. Why put anything but clean ingredients backed by real science into your body? Go to ritual.com slash yoga girl. And, you know, the only way for me to really commit and make sure that I go is by attaching it to another person. Like, I don't really care if my friend goes. I mean, it's probably a great thing for him, but it has nothing to do with him. You know, it's just I really needed that so that I would like get off, get my ass there. Like, that's just what it is. And we go in, you know, and there's like 10 people in the room. It was kind of a small group. And we start and it's just, it's one of those things. It just totally takes me over and we get into the emotional phase. And I thought I had a lot of anger and frustration because I felt really frustrated and I was just super sad. That was it. Like I just, I, you know, I grabbed my pillow. I just curled up in a ball in the corner of the room and I just bawled my eyes out. And in a way that like normally it takes you know, this was, I had one fight with Dennis, like normally for me to, to really have a release like that, it takes a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And now the, what's amazing about this meditation, because it's structured in this way, it's like, here you go, here's a structured way for you to have permission to act out whatever it is you're holding on to, whatever it is, like you have permission to just be completely free, rebel, free spirit, like in this moment, be who you are, act it out. And it's allowed. It's not only allowed, it's welcomed. And everybody else in that room, including that entire studio, the space that's hosting this, it's like, it's so appreciated. Everyone who comes there, it's appreciated that you're there and that you're doing this sort of healthy emotional work so that you leave your crazy in the room and then you go out and then maybe you get in the car and you don't yell at strangers for changing lanes and traffic, right? Or you don't deflect it onto your partner and, you know, be, stay annoyed with everything they do, or, you know, you don't let it ruin your relationships or your career or your state of mind or your well-being. Like it's a really healthy thing. And for me, I just kind of 
bawled into this pillow and and I was so broken up about this fight that we had and I was like couldn't believe that it happened in front of the baby all of this stuff and then you know meditation goes on and then when this phase is over it's like it's done you know like the emotion is done it's over it's out there it's 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 over like it's left my body I'm I'm done so when I'm <laughs> when I'm out of the meditation of, of course my friend had this totally <laughs> like he gave me a look like when, just when we started like what did you just bring me to and afterwards was totally ah loved it absolutely he's like okay this it looks really crazy from the outside it makes so much sense and when I was biking back all of this stuff that I was pondering this not knowing not feeling grounded everything is kind of I feel so I don't have to ponder it anymore like I felt feel so clear um, you know, I'm not beating myself up about this fight. Like, you know, I'm, I'm a human being. Dennis is a human being. We're married. We are it's inevitable. We are going to fight. You know, this is a family, family situation in a perfect world. You know, that stuff wouldn't happen, but I'm not perfect. He's not perfect. We don't live in a perfect world and this is life, right? So all is just well and not through this ginormous, uh, epiphany of something totally divine or therapeutic that had to come my way and all this soul searching you know it was just a need to release that's it and that for me it's just it makes it makes it all so worthwhile so completely worthwhile and this is why I I teach this meditation in teacher training because it takes us to a place of absolute truth it just cuts through the chase you cut through the bullshit cut through the fears cut through whatever's stagnant and stuck within us and we get to the core of the problem right and then there's clarity and we take action or we walk away we change something or we just accept it and we move on and, and such is life and I've been doing this for 10 no 12 years it's my 12th year of practicing <laughs> this meditation and for me really it's the single one tool that works every time all the time and the more of course you practice it the more it works you know the more you practice it the, the more it becomes a part of your day-to-day life to find ways to release we had a, a business meeting a couple of days ago and and one of the girls that works on our team she had a really hard day we sat down and normally we do like a little round table like how's everybody doing it was a a meeting with our uh, design firm and she just stood up she's like before we start can i just can i just and she said nothing more can i just and she grabbed the pillow and she was like ah and she just starts banging the shit out of this pillow on the floor and we're all sitting there around the table like just kind of oh, I teared up a little bit I'm like I fucking love all of this so much like oh and then she's done and she sits down she's like oh, thank you guys for holding space okay yeah actually I feel I feel pretty good right now how, how are you guys you know like what if there was space for us to just be the crazy to act the crazy out and thinking that not everybody has this is it's just a total like ginormous fucking lie everybody feels this shit everybody feels the same way we all feel frustrated we all feel angry we all feel sad inadequate all this stuff it's totally normal what isn't you know normal by the standards of society is to act it out the way a child would and i'm really working hard for it to become more accessible or at least for us to invite these tools into our lives so we can in a structured way make it accessible for everyone so for me, you know, in, in my team, what, what it looks like is making space for all of that. It means practicing this specific meditation with my team. Uh, we do it all the time at the studio because it works. Um, or, you know, giving everyone five minutes to like, hey, let's fucking punch a pillow if you're angry. Dance a little bit if you're happy. Turn on a good song and jump around. And it's not just, you know, negative emotions. Although, of course, the negative emotions stuck in the body is what leaves the biggest residue because it trips us up a lot. But also like being really, really, really happy 
do you, do you have like a, a happy, mm, I don't want to use the word cock block. <laughs> it's the one word that comes to mind. Like a person in your life that just kind of, you know, mm, wants you to like tone it down a little bit if you're, if you're too happy. That's also another thing. People are wary of anyone who's too joyful. If you're too ecstatic, it's like, oh my God, like that person, what's wrong with them? Or like, you know, don't they know that there's like bad things happening in the world and there's famine and there's people starving and, you know, she, she just, just tone it down a little bit. This is a, a huge problem. Like, of course, there's heavy, horrible shit that happens in the world. Absolutely. A lot of it, I mean, I really believe stems from this inability to release emotion because growing up or, you know we're walking through life holding on and harboring anger and resentment what type of person do you become after 50 years 50 years of swallowing your anger chances are that person is not going to be super chill <laughs> chances are that person is going to be maybe the type of person that would like you know get into politics and start a war <laughs> i don't know that's just kind of how how i am simplifying this a lot of course but of course there's horrible things happening in the world we have to give ourselves permission to be joyful when we're joyful. We have to give ourselves permission to be happy when happiness is there, to fully enjoy and immerse ourselves in the highs when the highs come. Because inevitably, because <laughs> that's such is life, it's cyclical. <laughs> There's going to be a low, right? And when the low comes, can we allow ourselves to also be in the low and feel the low and then act it out and not hold on to it. And then when we're back at a high, we can fully live in that space. <sighs> to me, this is just, uh, this is a, a serious, real game changer. And uh, of course, you know, and I haven't addressed this at all now, but, uh, and, and I wanted to, but this, this, of course, as usual, this podcast turned into what was, <laughs> what is here right now. But I, I, I shared a little bit of this through social media this weekend or this week, I mean, in the middle of the week. Um, cause sometimes I get, I got a comment that said, Hey, yoga girl, can you just inspire more and complain less? And that comment sort of sent me over the edge because it's exactly the opposite of everything that I'm wanting to do. <laughs> I would rather complain more and inspire less. If that's the case, I don't want to be a person that quote unquote is inspiring that has to inspire. And I have to decide in advance what I share and what's inspiring and what isn't. I just want to share what I feel in the moment that I feel it. And if you don't resonate with that, yeah, it's going to come off as, you know, sounding like I'm complaining a lot or like I'm ungrateful. But if you resonate, it's going to come off as, oh, here's someone who's just speaking the truth. Here's someone who's just sharing something that's happening. And like, and I, maybe I resonate with that because maybe I feel the same. And maybe I can also give myself permission to share when stuff isn't going my way or when stuff is hard. And I would love to see more of that. I would love to see more of that. Absolutely. Like, I think it would be so, 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 so amazing for there to be that, that truthful space and that safe space for us also in the online world to share when we've had a shitty day without getting feedback. Like, oh my God, you're so ungrateful. Suck it up. You live in like a first world country. You have a roof over your head. Life is great. Why are you complaining? Like, hey, like I had a rough day, you know, share it feel the emotion that comes attached to it, you know, act that emotion out. Maybe in your own home, you'd have to find a dynamic meditation for that. Go into your bedroom, close the door, turn your phone off and beat the shit out of a pillow. I mean, have you ever tried that? Have you ever tried that? Uh, if you live nearby, like an, you know, nearby, like a forest or a mountain range or an ocean or whatever, like go to the ocean and scream. 
have you ever done that? Go up a mountaintop and scream. Go hiking, go into the forest and scream, yell. Oh, I get goosebumps just sharing that because it's so fucking liberating. And we have such few chances to do that. And it's sort of, it drives me a little crazy. And of course, this is, my, again, my crazy, my stuff. And I am owning all of my emotions as mine. And it drives me crazy um, seeing people trying to force us to conform into this other idea of like, you have to fit into this box, be this person, suck it up, soldier on, smile, you know, take a yoga photo, be inspirational, like, fuck that noise. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm not having it. So <laughs> I love that this week's podcast started off with a guided meditation and it's ending with fuck that noise. <laughs> But I really, really, really believe that this is something that's going to change the world because it will change our internal state. And the only way to change the world on a large scale, on a global scale, in a real way, is to change what's on the inside. We can't expect to heal the world, you know, to end wars and to fix world hunger and end injustice and racism and abuse and all this shit that's playing out in our world every single day. We can't expect to heal and fix that if we're working from a broken place. I mean, it's just as simple as that. Like we have to fix what's within so we can fix what's without. And it begins with a really healthy way to process emotion. It really does. And it begins with speaking the truth. It begins with allowing yourself to be what you are, who you are, how you are. And of course, always processing that emotion in a healthy way, right? So not toward other people, not yelling at other people, and of course, all of this, you know, like the, the aggressive comments we see in social media, like that's, that's another version of road rage. I mean, it's just anger and frustration that's kind of seeping out of people in a day to day. And it sucks to walk around with that. Like it really, really, really does. I think anyone who, you know, if, if you spend a lot of time on the internet commenting angry things in social media feeds, like go do a, dyna do a dynamic meditation, really like do a dynamic meditation and then see if you feel that same urge to 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 live life that way on the internet. Like I, I really think it would <laughs> profoundly change something. So I think these two puzzle pieces, and this is part of, I've been hinting at something big coming soon. And now it's like the soon is getting sooner and sooner and closer and closer. But this is my, my, my core value, really my core value is we have to fix what's on the inside to fix what's on the outside. And these two things go hand in hand because when we feel whole within and we have that healthy way to process emotion and our relationships start working and we start taking care of our bodies and we can live in this space and feel at home in the body. Because it's really hard to feel at home in the body if the body is filled with anger. That's just a fact. When we start to feel at home in our own bodies and we're whole, all of a sudden there's going to be an automatic longing to do really good things for the rest of the world. That giving back, the, the seva, the loving kindness, the wanting to be of service, that ugh, it's going to be so natural and it's going to come from a place of absolute, total, badass action. Because when we're whole, we have all the tools we need. Even if, you know, we don't have to have all the money or all the time. Like it's, we're going to have the internal tools to make a change on a local, local level, like where you live on a global scale, you know, small, large, every single thing counts. How we live our lives every day absolutely counts. And here it all, it all begins right now. So the same way we kind of move through that meditation in the beginning, like what urgency do you have right now? What urgency are you sitting with? Is it anger? 
And I'm just asking, is it, is it anger? For a lot of us, it is. It could be something very different. It could be sadness. Maybe you're overworked, you know? Maybe you're just depleted. Like, it could be, uh, it could be frustration. It could be fear. Like, fear was a huge thing for me last year and the beginning of this year. Huge, huge, huge thing. What is it? Find that urgency. Because whatever urgency that you're sitting with, that you feel like you need to fix with your head, you know, with... Uh, with this and that and, and talking to that person and should not, would not like, you know, should haves, could haves, all of that stuff. Is there a way for you to release that emotion tied to that urgency in a super healthy way right now? Not next, you know, Tuesday or, or whenever. Like you can go online, you can see if you can find a dynamic meditation if you want to go to one. Um, just, you know, a heads up. It's, it is totally crazy, but it's, the sanest thing in the world. Um, if there's not one available close to you or you feel like it's that's you know too big of a thing or whatever, like is there a healthy way for you to just right now when this podcast is over, find a safe space and feel, right? Scream, cry, yell. Like you can start like any shape or form, but usually it involves the body because this stuff gets stuck in the body. So it can't just be, it should not be just you standing there or sitting there quietly acting something out. Like involve your entire body in whatever emotion. Jump up and down, stomp your feet, punch a pillow, run, dance, like kick something. <laughs> involve your body and give yourself, you can even put a timer. I like to do that. If I don't have time to do a whole dynamic meditation, I'll just burn. Um, we call it just the burn, we call it just the burning the emotion. Uh, put your timer on 10 minutes and just like go to your bed. Like the bed is a really good and safe space to do that because you don't want to injure yourself or anybody else. Just go to your bed, set a timer for 10 minutes and go absolutely bananas. Channel your inner one-year-old, throw a tantrum, act it out. And maybe you'll start acting one emotion out, but it leads to something else. And you realize like, oh, you think you're angry, but you're actually sad. Like that was what it was for me. This week, I thought I was angry. I was super sad. And then when that timer goes off, you know, it's over. You stop. <laughs> Get on with your life and, and, you know, continue with your day. See if it changes something in your life. Because for me, it's been transformational and I'm willing to bet it will be for you as well. If you... Uh, <laughs> take any of this to heart. Uh, I would love to hear from you how you're feeling. Uh, really, really, if today, if you're acting anything out, if you find this meditation, it works for you. If you agree, if you don't agree, I would love to hear from you how this works. How do you release emotion? And uh, let's, let's keep this conversation going because it's a really important one. Wherever you are, <laughs> whatever you're feeling right now, everything is valid. You have a hundred percent, like all the right to feel the way you feel right now in this moment in time. So go nuts. And, uh, yeah, let's see where we are with all of this next week. <laughs> Until then, holding space for you to just feel all of it. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and feel free to return to the meditation in the beginning anytime you want. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of these on rachelbraithen.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. And don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, Transferwise, Havenly, Sunbasket, and Ritual. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.